Monday, everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. Follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana. And I'm Dan Urban. Follow me at the Dan Urban. Follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, everywhere. Like us. Give us all the reviews, everything. Yeah, I think you covered it. I got nothing to add. And as always, talk uh, talk judging in MMA, so make sure you read that criteria. Oh, yeah, that's a good thing, too. That was a good thing. To add. Yeah, we, we should add that. Yeah, maybe. You know, Dan, I, I've, I've thought for a while, like, you know, I say, oh, yeah, follow me on Twitter. It's Scott underscore Fontana. I keep thinking, am I supposed to say follow me on X? And I think I don't care to. X, I don't mean. I, I, it doesn't. It's, it, it's, it's a stupid name. Sorry. It's, it's Twitter. I, I have no apologies for it, actually. I take back that sorry. The it's, platform it's formerly known as Twitter. Yeah. But I, still Twitter. Yeah, I'm just going to call it Twitter because X is stupid. Yeah. The only X I know. He's going to give it to you. Yes, right. Rest in peace. Earl Simmons. Possibly rest in peace to something else. We don't know yet what the future holds for Bellator MMA, the former Bellator Fighting Championships. We have no idea, but we do know that this is the end for Bellator on Showtime. The end for Bellator on Showtime. All right. That was made clear on the broadcast that that was how they were framing everything. But Dan, we've talked about Bellator a lot on the show. I know we have kind of a almost a running gag, although it's kind of based in reality, on you not enjoying Bellator or talking about Bellator. I have no qualms with Bellator. I've always enjoyed the product from time to time anyway, I should say. Some some fights are better than others. Some cards are better than others. But like- especially in recent years, I've really enjoyed watching them kind of focus on these like up-and-comers and, and, and growing their own talent and really making some excellent fighters uh, rise to the top. So I've, I've had a real good time generally watching the product over the last few years. I would definitely miss it if it is, in fact, the end for Bellator. Will you miss it if that's the case? No. All right. Cool, moving on. No. No, just just straight up no. It's like, uh, who cares, whatever. I mean, it's 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 glorified regional <laughs> MMA harsh. for the most part. <laughs> that is harsh. For the most part. No, once it's you, not. Once you reach the uh, like featured prelim and above, that's when it gets good. Not, I mean, not it, always. It's, There's it's, a lot. There are UFC veterans is, on the deeper prelims sometimes. It is not too long ago that Bellator had fighters selling tickets. To be on the card. I mean, at this point, it is so, starting to be a little while ago. It's but not yes. that far ago. It's within. It's within the last five years. It's probably been five years. Yeah, that's l- less than a decade. Yeah, it's almost half of their existence, though. That's. I mean, they wanted to take themselves seriously. They, they shouldn't have been doing that ever. I ever. agree. I agree. I I did not love when the prelims were filled out with yeah fights like that, and also they would just get random fighters on the prelims. They wouldn't sign these guys. They wouldn't even try to keep them. And then you'd get people like Israel Adesanya who fought on their prelims at one point. And it's like, well, they could have had this guy if they wanted to. And they were smart about it and they didn't do it. Now, I don't know if he would have agreed to it. You don't know. But, yeah, I thought that was silly. Um, but the I mean, Bellator the- product of the last, let's say, let's say post-pandemic Bellator, dude, is a very also, different product. Also, let me point out that mm. when they went to Showtime, I had big expectations of it feeling like... Uh, strike a force. strike force event, yeah. and it never did. Um, also, to to my point, if the UFC disappeared, I wouldn't miss it. I don't. I don't really care too much about the actual brand. Mm-hmm. It's just that the UFC so has fair. UFC has all the best talent. Not all the best talent. Definitely all, not. Except for a few that Bellator has, like Johnny Eblen, Patchy Mix, Patri- uh, Patricio Pitbull. 
I think this Jason Jackson was very impressive. He looked like someone who really ought to be in the UFC. In, in terms well, of, you know, if we're talking about the UFC as the be-all, end-all, like, quote-unquote, NFL of MMA, he would absolutely deserve to be there. I think Yaroslav Amoslav, there was no doubt in my mind that he would have deserved to have been there as well. Yeah, they would have been there. Sergio Pettis was there, very much fit in there, he was chose there. not to be there. He was eh. He did fine there. He was eh. Nah, he was doing fine. He was eh. He got a shot there. Shorty didn't get a shot there. <laughs> You're kind just bitter about Shorty Rock Santella. <laughs> it was there was a ten and eight fighter that fought in the UFC today. Dennis Tullulian, ten and eight, and he's in the UFC. The definition of UFC fighter has definitely mean, changed. Yes. Meanwhile, this guy is finishing guys left and right in the flyweights, and because he does it with submissions, you know, eh, we don't want him. Not always the case. Oh, terrible. Look, I'm not. Uh, it, don't get me wrong. Don't don't make me seem like I don't want my former jiu-jitsu coach, John Santella, to have gotten his chance in the UFC. He was announced to have had a bout against Wilson Hayes. Didn't happen because of the medicals coming up and everything like that. And he basically just got... What a beat him. Yeah, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, was blacklisted. So I think that's a shame. I think that's shameful. But that has nothing to do with this. This is like That's completely unrelated. Well, you brought up Sergio Pettis. <laughs> anyway. Um... I can understand not being like nostalgic about the perform the the actual promotion or anything like that. What I'm That's gonna fine. miss about Bellator is when I used to work Friday nights and there was nothing else on TV while I'm at work uh, during downtime. It's like, oh, Bellator's usually on Friday nights. You know, give something to kill time. Now, it, 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 that's how it always felt like a time killing thing to me. Okay, so. I I made time to watch those. So I I would go home to my parents. Like, I wouldn't go home for every event or anything like that. But but after I'd moved out of my parents, I would still, uh, I wouldn't, I didn't have MTV2 at this point. Remember when it was on MTV2 way back? I would still, like, when I would go home, I would make sure that it was recorded so that, like, I could check it out and, like, binge, like, recent events and stuff mm. in its standard definition because it wasn't on HD, like I, <laughs> which is crazy. It's kind of hard for me to get Bellator out of the, you know, the circus act to forget about that. Because I I I, it's, I know it's been a while since they've done that stuff. It's been a very stuff, long time, yeah. But they they've done a lot of silly, silly, silly things. They have and it, Bellator has like three distinct eras. It has the tournament era that basically ended when Bjorn Rebney tweeted Mexico. Um, that's almost like the point of demarcation. That's that's very unofficial. Don't go with that. But somewhere after that, Scott Coker comes in. He's running the show. He starts going with the crazy circus thing, right? He brings mm-hmm. in a lot of the you know. Hey, remember me kind of faces and, and uh, puts on data 5000 against Kimbo Slice, who it looked like Dada was going to croak during that fight. And then and I don't mean to be morbid here and, and I don't mean to make light, but Kimbo Slice literally died like a few weeks later. It was that was a very weird sequence of events. The, the, those two events right there that that era didn't last all that long. It was a couple years. It was a, I think it was a very dark spot on Bellator's history because it was it was kind of shameful. Yeah, but after that, honestly, it got a lot better. And, they did. And I would they say, especially the last like few years. I think to. I think they were heading in a real good direction in terms of um, the matchmaking, the the fighters on the roster, the way they would fill out events. You even saw them, you know, whether it was a purposeful thing or not. You saw uh, maybe some fewer events, which allowed them to, I think, stack their events better. Which I always thought was going to be a much better way to do it. Like sh- Strike Force. In its heyday, you want to bring up Strike Force, did not have a whole lot of events each year, like like mainline quote unquote Strike Force events, and not like the Showtime Challenger series and Strike Force Challenger series, that kind of thing. So I felt those special. were very different. Yeah, exactly. And I think that near the end, 
again, this could have been related to broadcast reasons or reasons beyond their control, but a lot of their events were a lot more stacked. They were a lot more enjoyable. The pace of the prelims was intense. It was really good. Wasn't I, always I, that way, though. No, no, no. Bro, I know. We've established this over the last okay. 10 minutes. Gotcha. But what we're saying here is that these last few years, I thought they were heading in the right direction. It's unfortunate, I think, that they will probably now, it looks like, be merging with PFL because now I worry about, well, what's going to happen to the rule set? Are we going to be doing no elbows with these fighters? That'd be a tragedy. No, that would be that would be tragic. That would be, then you'd miss Bellator. Then you'd miss Bellator. No, then I'm just going to be like, April can't come soon enough, you know? <laughs> Let's get this uh, right. antitrust thing ball rolling, and now co-promotion is, uh, you can't ban it. Well, it doesn't so, need to. It's not that they ban co-promotion to change the way the fighters can, you know, become free agents and do all this kind of thing. So it, it would definitely change the market. I don't know if it's going to change it in the ways you think it's going. to. Oh, it's going to change it. It's going to change, but we'll see how that goes. That's a whole nother story, though. Let's save that for a different day. Let's talk about I brought up Jason Jackson before, who of course, got the win in the Bellator 301 main event. The final fight in Bellator history on strike on Showtime. Uh, were you impressed with his performance? I. Personally, I was. I I was floored. I thought he looked fantastic. I see. I was. I wasn't floored. I was more. You know, what reminded me. It reminded me of Strickland and Adesanya. I'm not. I, I'll be the first one. Man, I'm not really sure Amosov how how he fights typically. Mm-hmm. But to me, it seemed like he was on the back foot the whole time. I don't know if he typically fights that way. I wouldn't that say like, that is typical. Of it him, seems no. like Jason Jackson really threw him off his game, and in in that sense, it's perf- it's impressive. He beat a guy 27 and out, finished him. So, yeah, I'm, I'm impressed by that. It, it really had Strickland Adesanya uh, vibe to it for me. Maybe a general vibe. I didn't take that away so. personally. I'm not going to say you're wrong. It's, that's what you took, but I didn't I didn't quite echo that. I just I've, – I've seen Adesanya fight before. He, he is good. He is definitely a quality fighter. He is a, a quality welterweight. So for Jason Jackson to come in there and completely shut him down, I thought was was very impressive. The way he was, was throwing – he was crisp with – Everything he was throwing, he was disciplined. He was great at neutralizing basically anything and everything that Yamaslav, yeah, Amosov did. Yaroslav Amosov is a name that has continued to stymie me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like I'm still pronouncing names better than Dominic Cruz, but that's a whole nother story. Um, and Heliger, <laughs> anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, short lo- short story long. Yeah, I-, I was definitely impressed with Jason Jackson. Whatever is next for him, I'm he he's got my attention. He looks terrific. Well, they should do unification bouts if PFL actually swoops them up. <laughs> if they do, I would be interested to see how they handle a lot of the things. Um, one thing I hope they do is finish off the lightweight Grand Prix because we kind of really ought to have some resolution there. Well, yeah. Oh, I mean, on the last event, they had semifinals fight. For I know. <laughs> so, one, well, they were supposed to have two semifinals, but of course, you know, there was that whole thing with yeah. the field. Oh wait, no, they weren't. Were they supposed to have it or not? I can't remember if that was that was from the last one. No, he already won. He was. Yeah. Usman Nurmagomedov had won. He mm-hmm. beat Brent Primus. That was, was it last month or the month? I, I lose track of time. It was the last event. So the last event, 300. Okay, yeah. So he was supposed to have faced the winner. Now we don't quite have any, um, I guess, clarity on that. But I hope they don't just abandon the thing. I would like to see that kind of be finished off. I hope that the fighters would too. I mean, the million dollars. On the I would line. imagine they have so... some, yeah, they, they're probably a little interested in seeing that one through. That's true. Um, The other title fight, though, on this card. Patchy Mix uniting the bantamweight titles. He had the interim title. Sergio Pettis had the, you can't call it the undisputed title, like the, the regular title. I don't, I never know what to call that other title when there's an interim title. 
Because it's not the undisputed title. It's like the disputed title. It's the champ before I got hurt title. Yeah, something like that. That's usually how it plays out, right? Um, I was very impressed personally with Patchy Mix in this one because we've seen him do this before. And yes, it's not that Sergio Pettis is known particularly for his ground game, but he's usually decent at keeping the fight upright. But just the methodical way that he dismantled Sergio Pettis on the ground. He, I thought he fought with like absolutely the right pace of not getting overly aggressive and losing position, but also working toward getting that finish, mixing in damaging strikes while he was at it, securing the positions, and then, yes, finishing it. I just thought it was a total complete performance and the type that like if you're a ground fighter, you want to ape that because that's going to win you rounds and fights and sh- and stop fight, especially if you're as good as Patchy Mix. But the question I would have for you, if you would put him in your top five at Bantamweight, where is he in your top five, Patchy Mix? I think you can put him neck and neck with Aljo at number with the number one spot. Like number one contender? Yeah, yeah. like right behind, well, behind O'Malley, mm-hmm. right there. I mean, they may be 1A, 1B. Sure. With Aljo. Where's Mirab? Mirab's kind of like a two, for okay. sure. He's got to get that get that win. The Peter Yan win, good win. Real good but win. But Peter, Peter Yan is on a, a steady decline. He's, he has definitely. So, uh, it's pretty steady and steep. Yeah. yeah. So I think uh, I think he's fantastic, and it, he should be fighting the best guys in the world. He seems like the type of guy that you would like in general, too. Because, I do. Because he's got the great ground game that, again, is not just grindy. It's, it's, it's absolutely based on committing violent acts he's got some great strikes too that he does that he does that i mean that Raphael that knee, yeah the knee came out of i think it surprised when i had interviewed uh sergio pettis before this and i asked him about that as i said like were you were you surprised when you saw that like i'm sure you didn't think he couldn't strike but like were you surprised when you saw this like i think we all were i think even he was <laughs> <laughs> it's like he might have been <laughs> but uh yeah, I, I think that sounds fair. I don't know if I would necessarily put him ahead of Mirab, but like he's definitely in the mix of like Mirab, Aljo, and there. So like he's somewhere two to four. I think is fair. He should be fighting the best in the world, and some somebody should say, "Hey, listen, he's gonna fight the best in the world wherever that is." And that's what we're doing. Sure, we're not waiting to see what happens with Bellator. He can go fight wherever he wants. I don't know if he has that kind of say. No, but I'm saying someone should come in and say that for Oh, him. oh, yeah. I understand. Like an, an all like a, someone above uh everything. Someone above everything. Yeah, who's you know, like a legislator. Like God? Like a legislator. No. Oh, okay. Like listen, this is the guy and you can't appeal it either. He's just <laughs> it's over with. It's just... We're not holding this up in court. He can fight wherever he wants. And then they should do it for every single fighter. It'd be interesting to see how Dan Herber would shape the world. Be a fantastic world <laughs> if you do say so yourself. Um, over on the UFC side, because I could talk. Actually, I have more thoughts on Bellator. Well, let's let's save them. We've got other stuff to talk about. Um, Brendan Allen, main event. I thought he looked terrific here as well. Yeah, really good. Um, and he's been trending in the right direction. But I think this probably was his most complete performance, and probably potentially at least against the best opponent he's faced yet. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's just a really good matchup. Could be kind of that. But I I am impressed, and and I'm not terribly surprised just because i i've started to see him kind of trending in that direction i would ask you do you think he has a chance to or do you think he will fight for the middleweight title by the end of next year 2024 uh it's possible since middleweight is still kind of a little wacky pretty wacky yeah uh i could i could totally see them and they've already got one fight going in January, so in theory that belt could be put on the line three times. It's very possible, yeah. I mean, it sh- three three should be the absolute minimum for a belt. Well, I know you think uh, that, but, but this, is, this sets it up for it to actually, actually be a reality. Actually can yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, we'll see. I thought I, th- I want to say I thought Bo Nickel and him were 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 trying to set up something between, but maybe not. I'm not sure. That would actually be an interesting fight so, next. I, I mean, I don't know. I I still don't love rushing Bo Nickel along that much. I'll put, it's I'll put it's him just in not what I want to do. I know you would. I'm I'm not of that opinion. I, I'm I'm good with getting him into the top fifteen now. Give him give him a try against someone who's the actual top fifteen. You go Hamzat versus Brendan Allen. That would <laughs> that would be a murder. I think maybe it might be, but <laughs> it might be a very violent fight for as long as it lasts. Yeah, I think that's possibly true. I think Brendan Allen could actually surprise us. He is a gamer, you know. I do, and I do and, like and if it goes deeper, I like him. And we've seen oh, Hamzat. Yeah. Hamzat, if he doesn't get it done in those first few first you know round ish. He's a different fighter. He may not be like done. It's not like it's not like seven minutes and you're out with like Anthony Rumble Johnson. It's it's more like uh all right, just just weather that storm. Now he's like a regular guy again. It's like it's oh, like okay, it's like yeah. uh it's like someone going think of, think of uh like you get into like turbo mode or like uh, think of a wrestling game. Someone gets mm-hmm. their finisher. Right. Yeah. What are you trying to do for them during the time where they've got their finisher? Avoid you run them. away and you wait it out, right? Yeah. And then the meter runs out and then they come back to normal. That's Hamza Shimai. You know what? Some games have get. You know what? Some games have been bugging me. Like the final boss. The more you damage them, the stronger they get. Which game are we talking about? Harry Potter. Oh, I don't play that. It's a fantastic. I'm actually shocked you don't, because it's a very good game. Not a Harry Potter guy. I'm like I'm like Tom Aspinall. I think everybody who mm-hmm. likes Harry Potter as an adult is is uh, is just a little child. They need to grow up. I mean, it's it's, it's an. Adult, I don't actually think that. It's I'm an just... adult themed game. Yeah. No, I like. Does Tom. that mean I like I like. Is Tom. it like pornography in it? Is I... that what you mean? I liked Tom mm-hmm. uh, up until about twenty seconds ago. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know about this guy. All right. Yeah, I. All right, I. Tom. I happened to have uh, checked out for the first time Nina Drama her her content mm. on, and she did and because we were waiting forever to talk to Tom Aspinall at the media day, mm. and it's possibly because she talked to him for twenty four minutes about a bunch of nonsense. Okay, and so I watched this interview. And found out a couple things that Tom Aspinall does not like. He thinks adults who watch anime shouldn't be doing that anymore. I don't know if I've ever watched anime, but... He thinks adults shouldn't be all into the Disney World culture anymore, like grow up. Same thing with Harry Potter. Well, you're you're wild. He's really not into all that stuff. He he said he does like Game of Thrones, though. He is very much uh, a (laughs) fuddy-duddy. So... All I right, think he Tom. just sees things as child pursuits. I uh, yeah, all right, Tom. I I don't like you anymore. <laughs> you were on my team. You are no longer on my team. He took himself off the team. Wow. All right. Yeah. Oh, and he also says aliens are not real. So what I liked about both that statement and the Harry Potter one is that he now has ruffled feathers with George Saint Pierre, who mm-hmm. very much believes in aliens and is apparently his like fighting idol. And he has also ruffled feathers with Alexander Volkanovsky who is one of the greatest fighters active of all time and could go down as one of them, period, right? Uh, who is very much a Harry Potter fan. This guy, it's like, you know, I can't talk. <laughs> we're going to go go down uh, the wrong road here? Yeah, we're going to go down the wrong road. All right, I mean, why don't we, we steer opening, back then? Opening on Team Urban in the heavyweight division <laughs> uh, at the moment. So. Well, you're going to have to do do another draft, I guess. Let's, let's actually steer it back, though. Let's get back to... Uh, well, we could get into relevant topics of uh, adventures and officiating here, yeah. which we don't always have, but we sure did this weekend over in UFC. Um, Trey Ogden, early in the prelims, uh, deep prelims, by the way. There were 14 fights on this card. This was this was a marathon. Yes, it was. Um, yeah, Trey Ogden, though, fighting Nicholas Moda, starting to get some momentum. He's, you know, it's kind of a, 
challenging second round. It was it was kind of back and forth, right? We'll, we'll actually be talking about that round mm-hmm. later for contested rounds. But in round three, gets a takedown. He's moving, working his grappling, moving in position, working for an arm triangle. Gets it locked. You could call it locked in. I think it's All fair to tight. say it's locked in. It was sure. Um, on Moda. Moda's sitting there. He's trying to defend. He's, he's posting with his arm a little bit, trying to push it off. He's got the other arm is, is completely flailing, right? Can't do much. Uh, referee Mike Beltran is leaning in, asking for him to show him something. Asking a few times. I don't know what he can do here, though, because he can't really move the one arm. The other arm is very much trying to defend. And realistically, how much can he really open his mouth to even communicate? I don't know. But at this point, Mike Beltran does, after this third communication, start trying to pull the arm off. You can tell it's very hard to get that arm off. Mm-hmm. It's very resistant. I mean, I'm not there feeling it in that moment, but it sure looked that way. Um, and immediately... Nicholas Moda is not happy about this. Very, very much protests off the bat. Not one of those didn't didn't look to me like one of those. Oh, he just woke up kind of things. This looked like he 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 wasn't done. Oh, he was not. Done. And uh, he was not happy, and understandably so. So we of course have the sequence of events where we go to break. We were thinking this was a bad, this was a rough stoppage, bad stoppage, early stoppage, and cut to the uh, the announcement of the results and. Surprise! It's a no contest. Usually, when we've seen this happen, because this is this has happened a few times where they've taken a result that hey could have been a loss, overturned it to a no contest, which I still believe is very much the making the best of a bad situation. I think that much is handled right because there's not much more in the rules you can do. Um, but it wasn't communicated to anyone in the UFC broadcast production team like it usually generally is Mm. and is usually generally helpful when you have a entertainment product out there to try and make it clear for people so they're not just scrambling on live television to figure out what's going on especially when we have precedent for that so obviously i think there's a lot to unpack here we can't talk about it forever because we've got other stuff we want to talk about but i mean what's your takeaway from this whole thing uh not a good stoppage there has to be a different way to uh brendan fitzgerald as much as you know he annoys me he does annoy you. He did make a good point. He said, "What does he? What does he expect? Does he expect a thumbs up there? Because that's anti-defense. If he gives a thumbs up, maybe you know it, it actually sinks in the choke. Is he? And he is he able and to do too much with that arm that's so, that's already extended out? Who knows? And the arm that's already extended out. I mean, he's probably not watching it very closely either. He's looking at everything else, trying to check the I eyes. Think, and I, I mean, I mean, I guess he's. You're in a tough spot. The ref, you want to make sure you don't sure. do any further damage to you know their safety comes first. But also, and that is appreciated. I mean, just uh, not a good stoppage. I what I would have liked to have seen, and I, I, I mean, look, this is just my suggestion. I we passed the referee course, but that's not the same thing as refereeing one mm-hmm. bout, let alone thousands of bouts, like Mike Beltran has at this point. Um, but I feel like what we ought to be doing here is why is he not checking that elbow just to see how stiff it is, right? How much resistance it gives if he tries to move it. Because immediately when he moves in to move that arm, mm-hmm. you can tell it fought back. It yeah. very much fought back. This is not a dead, limp arm that is no longer under the control of Nicholas Moda. This is something that's resisting. And he's moving too quickly. I mean, you know, I'm sure if you look slow motion, you can really tell. But even when you watch it with a naked eye, you can tell this arm wasn't ready to go. And I think if he was able to have just checked that, he would know, okay, this guy's still here. But if that's... Like what we need to do is come up with protocols. Like, what do you? What is it they're looking for? Like, show me something. What is it you got? Like, what can you show in the situation, especially a situation like that where 
you are using that hand to defend. Your other arm, it's not like it's going to tap or anything. And I don't know how much he's able to communicate there, like with his mouth and that kind of thing, you know? Who knows? One thing I suggested to you, I, I mean, I'm like like a little joking about this, but like, what if he starts like singing? Just, mm-hmm. just like singing along with something goofy so that way he knows he's still conscious, you know? Like, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts, yeah. you know, something like that. Tickle his feet. That would that'd be a little weird. <laughs> what are you we doing wanna, here, You Dan? want a reaction. Bro, Mike, what are we doing? That's, Mike, but that's also going to mess up his defense, sir. Mike Beltran might have got kicked in the face <laughs> I, if he tickled his feet. Yeah, I'm here. Bang. I, I would I would say if anyone can take a kick to the face, it sure looks like Mike Beltran yeah. could. So I, I, but no, maybe my, that would work. My legit thing is, okay, he's got this free hand he can't do anything with. Yeah. Instead of grabbing hands and shaking them, squeeze my finger. Show me you're there. Like a pull my finger kind of thing? Like, just, you know, try squeeze my finger. Here. Mm-hmm. Let me know you're here. I think there's better. I think that should probably be something in the, like, the technique you do to, to determine a fighter's consciousness. With I, medical professionals uh, and come up with a uniform thing. They definitely need a uniform thing. I don't know what that is, but I, yeah. we, we're seeing too much of this at this point. It, it, it is... It's much more frequent than it really ought to be, um, and and it's coming from officials who I don't think are bad officials. I I don't no, they're not. I bad. don't think Mike Beltran is a bad official at all. This is the second time we've seen a very early stoppage from in, in recent memory. There was also the Juliana uh, Velasquez and and Liz Carmouche fight that was stopped way too early too. They had to do the rematch just to make right. But so this is the second time we're starting to see something a little bit more with with Mike Beltran. But I, having said that, I still think he's a good official. But I would like to see if the officiating community can come up with a better protocol for these kind of things, because it's not going away. It's obviously not going away. I think it's it has to be recognized as an issue that needs a solution. So I hope they can come up with one. Maybe something like blink your eyes, blink your eyes. Bark twice if you're in Milwaukee. Well, maybe maybe you can't talk in that situation. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It might be really hard. Maybe you can blink, be like blink your eyes. That would be something. Sure. And and that can be communicated to to mm-hmm. them like in in the rules meeting that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Make sure that the fighters know like listen, it can be this, it can be this, it can be this, it can be if you can't move your hands or do anything like that, you can't talk. You can absolutely close and open your eyes and like mm-hmm. demonstrate like not just like a blink, but like maybe like a slow close, slow mm-hmm. open, like a cringy one, you know? Yeah. That would be, <laughs> that would be because I have to demonstrate. No one's seeing me, so I have to at least explain it a little bit. Um. Yeah, something needs to be done. That's not a bad idea. Um, I, I'm sure there are bright people who know the way bodies react as they're near but not out of consciousness who can figure out ways to do this that are better than what we've been using. Mm. I, I would like to see that because I, I hate to see Mike Beltran be put in this position. I definitely hate to see uh, Trey Ogden be put in this position too because he made a point Yeah. in the in the post-fight comments. He said, like, listen, I was winning this fight. Now, he didn't know the scores, but he actually was winning this fight going into the third round. And he very much was winning that round. We don't know what happens for the, you know, after the last what two fifteen or so. Mm-hmm. But there's a decent chance he's not going to lose this round either. So he's just going to win on the cards. But now he has a no contest, which is it. It just it, it it's it's a ineligible for bonus. It's a it's a poop sandwich there. No win bonus. It's a very poop sandwich. It's, I hope I hope he gets his uh gets everything. I did. From, I, I don't know. I, if I they Google will or not, I but. googled it while we were leading up to it. I I didn't see anything definitive that says he did or didn't. Well, you Uh, know, sometimes they don't make that. um, Sometimes they do. Was Dana even there? 
I don't if, he, know. if he wasn't there, then he wouldn't comment on that anyway. So who knows? Yeah. Um. Maybe someone. Will, usually, you'd have Dana White contender series on Tuesday, and you get some answers off of the weekend from mm-hmm. that. But I don't, we don't have that right now. So that's season. Anyway, um, I think we beat that horse to death. Let's get to those rounds, and before we do the unanimity report, of course. And this is this is a highlight of the weekend, by mm-hmm. the way. We're coming off obviously a mm-hmm. bad thing, but I think this is something we really is a great thing to highlight. And I tweeted about it on social media, and it got a little pickup. We saw I saw some some likes and and retweets. Uh, Kai Kamaka the third Bellator fighter, former okay. UFC fighter, he liked the fact that this was the case. So even fighters would pay attention to it. There you go. Um, I Bellator three hundred one. This was this was a decision fest. But it was also just a deep card. We had a lot of rounds. 37 rounds were scored in Chicago at Bellator 301. 33 of them were unanimous, sir. And only one of them was an 8-9 split. So really only three times they were disagreeing. The percentage of unanimity here, 89.2. That is almost unheard of anyway. We almost never get to that number, let alone when we have 37 rounds. I mean, That might be the best Bellator round. Uh percentage of the year that might be the best ufc or bellator or pfl one no we've year. we've had a 90 did we okay yeah we had a 90 but how many was it out of 20 rounds probably it was 20, probably 19 out of 20, 20 i think it was 24 out of 26 okay or 25 well, that, well, 24 only 25 one missing it have to be one missing anyway it, it's Something that's like neither that. here nor that this is this is still an incredible feat um so all the officials who were working that one i i'm gonna i'm gonna do it from memory here we had uh sal d'amato eric cologne uh, Brandon Mason, Scott Jones, uh, Brian Pachillo, and the last one is escaping me, and I sincerely apologize. Oh, uh, Brian Miner. That's Brian all six. Miner. I got them all. Pretty good, hey, right? You did. You got that, them. That was from memory. Um, I wanted to highlight all of them because I they they did a terrific job collectively, and it actually it almost looked like it would have been better. It could have been thirty five out of thirty seven, but I I was informed by an official that the unanimous thirty twenty seven that was announced in the opening bout of the day okay it was announced 30 27s all around was actually incorrect this was a split decision Mm. funny enough one of the judges had two for rounds one and two different they had it for the other uh the other fighter so it actually was a a split decision of two 30 27s and a 29 28 going the other way Mm. we're not going to talk about that fight we're going to stick to just bellator's um one round that was on the main card Honestly, Bellator Bellator has a few high eighties. They do. Yeah, this year. Sure. So. Um, good report there, sir. Thank yeah. thank you for check for um for tracking that. Twenty one out of twenty two was the UFC the ninety five. Twenty one twenty two. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I mean this we're talking about sixteen extra rounds. Right. Yeah, That's crazy. Um, Especially on that stupid circle cage. Yeah. It's tougher <laughs> it, to see. It, it is. It, I mean, that's that's what we understand of it anyway. Um but yeah, this this is a this is a feat that deserves uh some praise. Great job for there. Uh, honestly, solid job over in Vegas, too, for UFC Vegas 82. 29 out, or excuse me, 19 out of 25 unanimous. So 76%, you know, a little, little above average. That's solid. Two of the uh, the rounds were 9-8 splits, too. So, again, only four times were they disagreeing on the round winner. The rest is degree, and ugh, you know how degree is. We'll talk about that soon. Also should highlight, before we get to those rounds, Sal D'Amato. Mm-hmm. Sal D'Amato worked Bellator 301 in Chicago that night, finishing roughly around midnight on Eastern time. And that would be what? 11 11, 11 local time over in Chicago. Um, But we'll stick with Eastern time just for for, uh, some uniformity there. And because that's where we are and it's the greatest time zone. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Flies out, I assume. I'm 
going to assume he didn't drive or take a train or a um, walk like a hitchhike or something like that. Flies out from there overnight or in the morning, gets to Vegas, and he is working this card that started at, was it 1 o'clock or 2 o'clock? 2 p.m. Eastern. 2 p.m. Eastern time. So about 14 hours in between. I mean, that's a rough turnaround. It's definitely one of those ones like I hate to see, but it is very much still allowed as long as it's not California involved. But nonetheless... All that considered, all that said, Sal D'Amato scored 19 rounds at each event, and he was 37 out of 38 in terms of being in the majority. Doesn't mean he was right every time, but that is an impressive number. 97.4% in the majority. The, other, the only round was, uh, was at UFC, by the way. That is really impressive for a two-day period. Very strong performance. At, both, at, at events of this size. Yeah, that, that, was, that was definitely really impressive. So, um. Well, well done by the judges on the round, honestly. Let's get to those contest rounds. We have seven overall that we're going to talk about. Again, we're ignoring three of the ones from Bellator. We're just going to do the the main card. And it really was the main event here. Jason Jackson, Yaroslav Amoslav. This ended, by the way, by a round three knockout. I don't think we actually mentioned exactly what happened. This was, mm. this was classified as a knockout to end the Bellator era on Showtime. KO to end it. KO to end it on Showtime. Let's talk about round one, though. This was split. Yeah, a pretty close round. Jackson's in his face the whole time. But, you know, his volume's really not that high, but he has him, you know, backing up against the cage. You know, can't get out of there. Uh, I do think Jackson landed better. Big John said he thought Amasov landed the more impactful, bigger strikes. Cage side, obviously, it's different. But from my couch, I liked it for Jackson. From my office chair, mm. which doesn't work as well as office chair side judges. <laughs> It's a mouthful. It, it's it's not. It doesn't have the same type of flow. That's. I think that's why we ruled it out uh, early on, right? Um. I I also had it for Jackson. I did. It's a long story. Short story. Long. Um. I didn't really consider Amosov that well here. It was competitive for sure. I didn't think it was like it couldn't go that way. But I, I when I was watching this, this definitely seemed like Jackson was having a pretty good round to me. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah. So not crazy for either Big John. Uh, who, of course, when you're commentating, it's hard to actually score. Mm-hmm. You know, he even with his years of experience and understanding of the rules and that kind of thing, it is a different role. Um, but Eric Cologne is there to score. He saw it that way. I can't argue with it. Um, but yeah, I saw it in the majority like you, like Sal D'Amato and Brian Puccillo, the uh, majority score judges on this one. And that is it for Bellator on Showtime. That's it. On to UFC. <laughs> we got six rounds here. Let's start with the main event here. Brendan Allen, of course, getting the win over Paul Krieg. Round three submission by a rear naked choke. Round two, though, kind of paved the way for the third round finish because he was starting to, as they said on the broadcast break, I think that's probably accurate here. Round two was a a pretty lopsided round, but was it an eight or was it a nine? Let's talk about that. Now, right out the gate, uh, Allen rocks Craig. They they wanted to say that Craig also clipped him. I didn't see that at all. I like didn't see that either, man. Balance. Yeah, I didn't see like, that. I don't know what they're talking about there. Uh, throughout the rest of the round, he's on top because Craig basically pulls guard. He just lays on his back. That's It's kind of something he's comfortable doing. what yeah. just happened. He, you know, I just got rocked. I'm going to lay on my back. Sure. Alan's like, okay, I'll come down now. I'm not scared of you. If I'm tired, I'll lay down too. Uh, land some shots. Go, good elbows. I mean, there's not. it's no real prolonged offense in this round. It's like he's just picking his shots, and every shot he's picking is damn good. It's like methodical and, and picky. Yeah, very and, but, deliberate. But, but big, yeah. Big damage with these elbows and punches. 
lot of blood starting to come out. He's able to move to mount. He locks up an arm triangle uh, after the gift wrap, and I thought it was a. I thought it was very tight for what it was. Like Craig defended very well, got out of it. Knows the positions. That's how he helps. Yeah, and uh, I th- I thought there was big damage in this round, and couple that with Craig zero offense. I, I gotta go eight. I have I have three Ds here. I do. Okay. Um, I think he absolutely was outclassed in the grappling. There is total domination of that. It yeah. is for the majority of the round, and there is big damage landed here. What are we What are we waiting for? Why are we Why are we even talking about this? That's my opinion on this. I don't. Well, I don't we know would why. be. Well, we would be talking about it in a different uh sense, I guess, if it was unanimous eight. Well, sure, that's true. We should be talking about it in a different way. And no, this is not a seven. It wouldn't be. But I. I believe that three years ago, no one's arguing about whether this is an eight. I think everything is still up in the air and a total mess because of what we always talk about. And that's why we need to, like we always talk about now, get things on the books, make it clear. A round like this ought to be an eight. And it should not be hard for all three judges who are very experienced to get on the same page with this one. And I don't fault the judges here. It's kind of frustrating. It doesn't matter, truthfully, because again, round three, we got the finish, but... Why why are we why are we not on the same page? Because we need to get these things written down and codified. Absolutely. Hundred percent. Um so Derek Cleary had the nine here. I don't see it. I see an eight. I think I only see an eight. Am I wrong? Yeah, this is an eight. Yeah, okay. Um Saldomato, Chris Lee, they had the eight. Which brings us actually to another eight nine split. And another eight nine split in which Derek Cleary is the out judge. This time though, he's the other way. Mm. So let's talk about this one. Eileen Perez getting the win over uh, Lucia Pudilova, two 29-28s and a 29-27. So round two, this is the one we're talking about, the degree of victory in the round four, Perez. Yeah, they're they're on the feet for like, you know, 20 seconds. Nothing really lands. Uh, Perez gets the takedown very quick, landed some strikes from top half guard. Uh, with about a minute and a half left, she uh, moves to mount and gets it, you know, pressed against the cage. And she starts raining some punches, some elbows. They get increasingly more impactful. But it, it, it also... starts at like total pitter patter and then goes up to like, oh, these are good. And then she mm-hmm. just goes like bonkers and just looks like Diego Sanchez. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> she missed standing, all... not, not at ground that... and pound. By the end of that sequence, she, she was missing quite often. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but it looked good. But, you know, maybe they weren't the hardest shots, but there were a ton of them sure. that did get through prior to that. And some of them were hard. Yeah, absolutely for sure elbow and before she went bonkers she was getting some crazy elbows i mean you even turned to me you go was that a, was that a 12 to 6 that's right we we're talking about yeah that. um i think she gets to the eight i'm Pudilofa didn't do anything this round except you know hold on for dear life i i, I gotta go eight here uh it's not as good as an eight as the one we just talked about so but i think all that's accurate though what i would add to that too is that i i feel like what you're looking for to maybe not go an eight in in rounds like this is is she just holding on to positions? Is she just like riding things out and stalling? It's like all right, I've got one here. I can just ride out this because I'm in a good spot. That's like a question I feel like you you would be asking yourself if you're a judge. Like is is this or you should be? Maybe the rules should have to be changed to make it clear enough. But if if someone is just sitting there, right, and they're in a great spot on the grappling. But they're not really doing that much with it to try and like get things to their natural end. Then yeah, that that probably deserves consideration for a nine more than an eight. But we do have some urgency to do more than just sit there. Whether you think all of these are effective or not is is 
irrelevant to the fact that she is landing some of them very effectively and is not just sitting there taking her sweet time and, and riding out to get to the next round. There is an effort to try and finish. It's not always the best effort, but it's an effort. And sometimes it is. Yeah, like you said, so. she went Diego on the ground. Yeah, she did. <laughs> but, but hey, I, even Diego would land some of those. I do want to. I do want to note that this entire, almost whole round, took place right in front of Sal D'Amato. Sure. So he's right there. He he can basically feel the impact. So maybe, and, and he is maybe, giving the nine here. Maybe they weren't that great. Sure. Who and, knows? Absolutely, hundred percent. I can understand that. This is not the same round as the last one we talked about. This right. is this is very much a. I get why we won't go a nine or why, why we don't have to go eight here. This is more like the, mm-hmm. the can consider because sure. damage is not you. to a high degree. Mm-hmm. You definitely have the other two. Do you have that third one? Maybe not. So that's okay. If Sal D'Amato didn't think it was a, an eight, scores a nine, fine. Chris Flores sees the same thing, fine. For Derek Cleary to see this one as an eight, fine. I agreed. Mm-hmm. But the crazy thing is that this is the eight and the other one's the nine. Come on. I don't get it. I, I mean, I can see how it happens. You know, maybe he gives it and kind of thinks, oh, maybe I went a little too far there later on in the show because this is very early in the yeah. night. This is like hours earlier before the other one happens. Overcorrection. Maybe an overcorrection. I don't know. Just we don't know. Just trying to, you know, sideline, couchside, judge that, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, but either way, we did end up on the same page as Derek Cleary here because we saw the eights in both rounds, albeit to different degrees. What does that mean for Judge Cleary? Cowside overall. Still getting an award. That's right. It's going down <laughs> to Georgia. Probably. Maybe. Maybe not. We'll see how the mail service does. That is it for our eight nines. We do have four more rounds that are just split on the winners. Let's go to the co-main event. Michael Morales got the win over Jake Matthews. Unanimous nod. Two 29-28s and a 30-27. We're only talking about round one as the split. That does mean, though, of course, Morales is in the uh, in the minority as the round winner here. Matthews gets two of three. So let's talk about how we got here. Round one, very close. I thought both guys had good uh, good success with their hands. I think Matthews landed some big shots. Morales landed uh, a bit more often. I think. I think the reactions that he got from his leg kicks were the difference. Multiple times he dropped Matthews to a knee as he was coming in with a leg kick. Uh, I do think Matt, uh, Morales won this one 10-9. I also have Morales. It, it's close, close, though. It's very competitive. I, I was very close to going Jake Matthews here. Especially when Matthews towards the end when he lands that big one-two or big two-punch combo. Yeah. Like, well, that's, a, that's a nice shot there. Yeah, and that's the type of thing where in a close round absolutely could sway it. Is that what happened for Judges Cleary and D'Amato to give it that way? Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. But um, it would have been perfectly fine, I think, to go either way. Yep. Chris Flores was the one who saw this one from Morales. You saw it from Morales. So did I, actually. Mm-hmm. Very, very close. Again, I was super, super close to going Matthews. I think this was the closest round of all of our split rounds, for okay. sure. Um, but, yeah, again, we, we ended up with a Chris Flores. Very infrequent uh, to the weekend Vegas assignments. Does a lot of Dana White contender series, if I understand it, right? Flores is on the contender series. I'm not always, almost, I'm not always probably, watching that. I think he did seven or eight. Of the 10 weeks. I need to pull up that data. I should track that data. I have it. I give it to you. All right. Give it to me now. I'll give it to We're you. We're going to pause the recording, and Dan is just going to give it to me. I had it up 10 seconds ago before I clicked it. I, clicked it. I figured we're not going to talk, talk about this you know, anymore. I'll close this window. All right. Let's talk about it now. All right. And we're back. We we just talked about it for a good hour or so, and now we're back to recording. But what does that mean for Judge Chris Flores? Catch that over. <laughs> Got to ship that one out to Arizona, if I understand right. <laughs> Uh, also, I lied. We didn't take a break. 
that was that, that was that was just the magic of I would say television, but it's really just podcasting. And there's yeah. no magic. Television magic. Yeah, television magic. That if you're if you're listening to this on your television, it is. You can with the YouTube app. Yes, you can, and you should subscribe <laughs> to the YouTube channel of the Couchside Judges MMA podcast. <laughs> uh, three more rounds to go. We're gonna go down to Mictebec Oralby. I think I said that right. Mm-hmm. You think I got it? You got it. I think I did good. Uh, yeah, he got the win over Uros Medic. I think I've been good with these pronunciations actually today. No, there's no Polish names. The Polish names trip me up, and, I'm, and I apologize for that. Um, but yeah, so this was a, a win for Oral by round two submission with a neck crank, they're calling it, right? Um, round one, though, was split. What's going on? That's you. Yes. <laughs> oh, we, we paused for another hour as, as yeah, Dan we, had we shut had to down. Do, we had to do another pause. <laughs> um, I'm actually trying to find it. There we go. Okay. <laughs> so, Medic, um, he got. Wrestle hugged uh, is the way I'll have to say it on sure. here. Wrestle hugged for most of the round. Um, but he had Earl by Hurt with the strikes early. Big knees, big punches in the first minute, minute and a half. And, you know, nothing Oral by did matched the effectiveness of that offense. Sure, he grinded on him. Probably got him very tired. Was transitioning from position to position. But he never really settled into any dominant position. Uh, I He landed a couple strikes here and there. One, he, you know, he really punched the canvas really hard on one of them. Um, I think he opened up a cut in the canvas. <laughs> they had to check the cut between rounds. Um, but at, as the, towards the end is when he finally decided, you know, maybe I should throw a couple punches here. And he landed a few decent ones there. I can understand why someone would say Oral by won this. I just don't think he did. I think Medich was more effective in that beginning of the round than Oral by was when we're talking about effectiveness towards finishing a fight. I think if you're grading so, on a curve, you would say that Medich built up a big lead in the beginning. It wouldn't normally be looked at that way because it didn't look that big. But when you compare it to the fact that Orobai really did not do a whole lot of effective damage or offense the remainder of the way, I feel like it does look a lot bigger, in my opinion. I never understood grading on a curve in college. What do you mean? What, what don't you understand? How I can didn't I help und- you? Like, so say I got a, a, I got a 90% on my test. Yeah. I could essentially be failing if everyone else got 100. I don't believe that's what they do. I believe oh. what happens is they take the top score and move that as, like, that's the best. So everybody then moves up with it. That's my right, understanding. Right, but I'm saying if 90's the lowest score in the class. Uh-huh. I think they just leave it alone. Usually, they um, don't have to curve. Oh, they don't have to. It's have optional. To. Yes, it is optional. And they tend to only do it when it, the grades are terrible. Typically, that's what okay. we've seen it as. I mean, my academic experience, it's been a while since I have been okay. in a uh, in an academic course. Gotcha. But I recall it being like that. So if I'm wrong, sorry. Ask your local college student. <laughs> I don't know. My bad for getting us there. Anyway, yeah, that's all That's all on you. Can we get back to this round? Let's, yeah. let's finish this off. We're on to- we're, I'm, as much as I'm excited to watch more uh, Mictebec Oral Bio in the future, I, want, I don't want to be done with this round. At any rate, I don't think that Medich's lead gets surpassed in any way. That's my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong here. I can, I guess, I can understand that there's maybe they're seeing things a little differently from their seats, right? Because Oral by is the majority score here. Judges Cleary and Jacob Montalvo both saw it for Oral by. I respect for these officials. I didn't see it that way. I don't think they're wrong. I feel good about my convictions here that it is a Medich round. I think you do too. I like Medich here. Do you feel as strongly as I do, or maybe less? Uh, so? No, not as strong. Okay. I mean, if. If someone tells me, you know, if the criteria points out this is what effective grappling is, well, he did it. He was 
fantastic at it. Bad. I don't know if he got to um, this position. That's my opinion. He, I think he does need to get to more dominant position. That's what I'd like to see him do a little bit but more. He like, is, he's like almost there in almost every position. He, he's yeah, not there. That's he has Medich, Medich completely, you know, just trying to, to you know, not be put in defensive. Is, is sure. Word. But he's just not, you know, he's not capitalizing, I, I should say. I guess that's the, the best way I could put it. Okay. But anyway, we still ended up on the same side as Medich, who was the outscore here. He also doesn't win this fight because he loses in the next round. But hey, there's this judge here, Anthony Manus, who's the out judge here. Anthony Manus is very frequently, unfortunately, in the uh, the minority when it comes to these round scores. We've talked about it before. He's got a very high descent percentage. It's not the greatest number. But having said that, number one, that doesn't mean he's wrong. And number two, we actually sided with him here. So what does that mean oh. for Judge Manus? Couch that over. Mer, 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 mer. <laughs> and I believe that might be the first, possibly the second couch that override for Anthony Manus. I think this is the first one. Mm. So that's going to get an extra bow on it shipped out to Tennessee. <laughs> Hopefully it makes it. I hope it does, Anthony. Two more rounds here, my friend. We've got Joannis and Brito, penultimate or ultimate fight of the uh, the prelims, the final fight of the prelims, the featured mm-hmm. prelim even. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they call it. Got the win over Jonathan Pierce via round two submission with a ninja choke. Whipped out the ninja choke. The round Dan one. Miller choke. The Dan Miller choke. Is that what they call it? That's what it is. They didn't call it that, though. They, they I think they call it a ninja well, choke most of the time. They should. That's, that's because I'm convinced Felder's going to be fighting Jim <laughs> for the final fight. I, hey, maybe maybe we'll be. We'll see. Um, we got to talk about round one, though. Let's let's talk about round one. Uh, decently fun round. Um, I think Pierce had the more effective offense. In the clinch, on the ground, he was good. On his back, he threatened that arm bar. The arm bar was... was was pretty solid uh good good defense you know to get you know not get it extended uh and then he attacked a quick triangle wasn't there very 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 long very brief uh pretty close round could see the brito argument but i'm on pierce i also am on pierce i guess i don't have a ton to add to what you said i i thought it was a good good close round good fun round i think Mm -hmm. a lot of it felt like a long round in the sense that like so much happened you know what i mean it Uh was like it felt like eventful you know what i mean I suppose. Not in a crazy way, but just like it was like, well, first we're doing this and now we're doing this and now we're doing this. Mm-hmm. It was like they were kind of all over the place doing things. It was it was interesting. So I, I was I was engaged, you know. OK. Um, but yeah, so the, the majority score here is, of course, Brito. Judges Chris Lee and Tony Weeks saw this one for Brito, the ultimate winner of the fight. Um, we saw it the same way, though, as Sal D'Amato for Pierce. Mm. What does that mean for Judge D'Amato? Couch side over. <laughs> Four in one show. Four in a row, my friend. I, I can't yeah. believe I still have it in me. Look at that. That is wild. That is wild. Thank God it wasn't one of those weeks you were sick. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, now it makes me feel like I'm, like, always sick. That's not true. I'm, I'm pretty hearty. <laughs> no, you're. I'm saying that one week when you couldn't do it, it was just. That was pretty sad. That's true. Yeah. My wife, she's got. Everybody's oh. sick. Everyone's got this thing going around. Um, Except me yet. Oh, knock, that's good. Knock wood. Yeah. That's our sound effect. That's not me. Um. We can put the clacker on. Nope, nope, nope. That was that was a noise itself. We already hit a button. That wasn't okay. me knocking on the wood of the desk. Not at all. Okay. Um, last round here. Trey Ogden, Nicholas Moda. We talked about this fight before. It was a no contest. First a sub. Now a no contest. Um, well, pretty much always was a no contest officially. But before that round, there was some back and forth in round two. Let's talk about this round. Yeah, honestly, all right. Ogden really landed his jab well throughout this entire round. Mm. Uh, Moda was wild, missing a ton. Uh, he did connect on a good one mid-round that seemed to hurt Ogden. Like, it made him do a lunge, and then he walked across the cage. 
and he was fine after that. Uh, he got back to work, and I think he really solidified it. The round with, you know, some late combos. I, 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 I don't see how Moda should win this round at all, really. I struggled to see it. I think it's an Ogden round, 10-9. This well, actually close up? but clear. This this felt actually a little bit like Diego Sanchez e, but on the feet. Uh, not not in the same way because he's not throwing like crazy volume and missing terribly. But I felt like a lot of like the biggest stuff that Moda is throwing is is catching wind mm. more more wind than chin. I guess. Um, I don't think it's that bad to go the other way. I, I actually I actually think it's it's not the most unreasonable round to go that way. I don't see. I watched it twice. You did watch it twice. I only watched yeah. it once. That's yeah. fair. Uh, I mean, I sort of watched it once, but I also passed out this afternoon. I was, I was very tired. Tired. I'm man. still very tired. Very tired. And I'm man. going to be very tired for a few days. Well, join the club. <laughs> I'm always tired. I, you know, it's like, hey Hulk, what's your secret to to controlling the Hulk? It's like, well, I'm always angry. I'm like, well, what's the secret hmm? to surviving? I'm always tired. Why does that? What I have. What happened? Did he take too much? Did he get too angry one time and he was never able to transform back to a human? Wait a minute. Hang on. You. I don't want to sidetrack this too much, but like, did you even watch that? movie the, well, one the is Avengers it? the the original Avengers movie. Yeah. Okay. I did see the original. I wasn't sure how many of the MCUs you've seen cuz we've been talking about this lately. Yeah. You haven't seen any of them. Um I don't know. Let's let's save that one. We're not going to talk about that now. Oh. That's too far outside the bounds. Okay. Uh it's a deep rabbit hole to go down. We're talking about the winner of Ogden and Moto round 2. You saw it for Ogden. I also did see it for Ogden. I just I didn't think it was I didn't have as much of an issue with it as you did, I guess. I didn't see it as like you you had it close but clear, right? Yeah. I had it more like closer, I guess. Um, but I still, I didn't. I guess I didn't have a problem mm-hmm. with who I was going to pick. It just, I didn't think it was that bad. So mm-hmm. I saw it with you and judges D'Amato and Montalvo. Chris Lee was the the judge who sees Moda here. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not as. I'm not as against it as I guess. Okay. That's it. That's the fights from the weekend. Finishes six of them at Bellator. Two KOs. No TKOs. They were KOs. Four submissions. None of these fights ended in the first round, which is why we ended up having 37 or yeah, 37 rounds to to score. That was wild. Um, well, Bellator, no round. Well, we didn't ones? score them, but no, no That's round not ones. Bellator. Isn't that weird? That is weird. <laughs> that was very strange. But there were a lot of 3027s and a lot of 5045s and things yeah, like that's, that thrown that's out. Bellator. That's more Bellator. That's yeah. fair. <laughs> it was that, that's right up there, Ali. Uh, UFC again. They had a lot of fights too, but they had nine finishes. Three KOs or TKOs, six submissions, six submissions, by the way, 10 submissions over two events. Let me tell it was you. A, it was just a tap happy weekend. Let me tell you something. We almost had 11. <laughs> Jordan Levitt and Chase Hooper is what a grappling MMA fight should look like, where they're just flowing position to position. You know, someone's winning the scramble, someone gets swept, they sweep them back. And eventually someone, you know, checkmate. I mean, sure, that's fun. But I actually did like the patchy mix way. Like, I, I don't like when it's, you know, oh, I used my jujitsu. Now I'm got you in a terribly bad position. <laughs> I'm going to punch you in the face and be sloppy with it. But that's why I like patchy mix, because he would knee him in the head and punch him in the face and yeah, elbow and no, stuff that like that. Fun. But he that also wasn't too. losing I'm, his position. You know, I'm, I'm just saying. I don't know what you're being. You're being I'm a fuddy duddy no, of some sort. No, I'm, I'm just saying it was beautiful. Oh, right. the Chase Hooper Jordan Levitt fight was beautiful. That's wonderful. Write a poem. The uh, <laughs> all the other ones are just okay. That's pretty cool. 
I want I I expect a poem that you'll read on air next week. It might be a haiku. Good, good. Right. I like it. There were two first round finishes, by the way, just to complete the UFC. Um, so uh, out of out of like twenty seven fights, twenty eight fights, we had two fights end in the first round across Bellator and mm-hmm. UFC. That is that's weird. That's just weird, guys. Yeah. Um, but Don't either way, so a lot of finishes, fifteen of them. So it was really really crazy weekend. Out of all of these myriad finishes, my friend, what was your favorite? Well, it wasn't Chase Hooper. No, um, I'm surprised that you actually did. It was after all that. Yeah, I know. That's so weird. <laughs> that was just that was just you know watching the fight as a Either whole. Either way, shout out to Chase Super for getting the finish. That was fight good. of the whole. I just had a smile on my face the whole time. Oh, that's cute. and also shame on Jordan Levitt uh, for not being able to answer Eileen Perez uh, twerking. So there was only one twerk. That's true. Only one on the twerk. night. Yeah. There was no twerk battle. Apparently. What a twerk jerk. Uh, but no, my favorite finish, and it is the finish of the year. Uh, that this is getting my judgy. Okay. Spoiler alert. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Joe Anderson Brito, Ninja Choke over. uh, That was called Dan Miller Choke. Well, yeah. You just technically. Everything you're doing, you're just back talking everything. Listen, walking back everything, dude. (laughs) It's the Ninja Choke today, but it, it, you know, in history, it's the Dan Miller Choke. I see. Okay. Over JSP, who starts, you know, telling the ref, hey, he's punching in the back of my head, and he has. You know, the funniest response. He just starts mocking up. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and it was weird. I started laughing. I said, this is tremendous. <laughs> JSP's telling him, you know, get up and do something. Get up and do Well, he did. He got up and he tapped you out with a choke. And then he dropped his drawers. <laughs> and everything, that entire sequence from the mocking response to the draw dropping makes this the finish of the year. For Joe Anderson Brito. I am 100% going to disagree with you, but I don't know what it is. It's just not that. <laughs> oh, it's the finish of <laughs> the year. Look, I'm glad you had a great time. I can't take I, that. I'm not going to try and, you know, make you lose your smile there. There's uh, no finish that made, made me happier unless, you know, Jim Miller knockouts, of course, obviously. But this was fantastic. I'm glad to hear that, sir. Yeah. Is he one of your guys now, Joe Anderson Brito? I mean, after this, I don't know how he I think he has be. to be. He, he has to be, right? He can't be yeah. not one of them anymore. No, got to be. For sure. Yeah. Right. Now hit me with yours. Uh, Patchy Mix. I keep going back to him. That was, it was really just a sublime performance. And, and I'm again, I'm really enamored with the way he uh, approaches grappling because it, it is, it is so violence minded, but also it's, it's position before submission, but also let's get that submission too. And we don't always see that. Yeah. But it's, it's a devastating uh, way he gets there. Yeah. It's very deliberate. He, he, I was watching. He he uses the same back take, uh, you know, system trap the arm that Donahar, you know, brought to the light. I guess and he didn't, you know, he didn't invent it or anything. But he, used he invented this, that human motion the same way to get to the back where you stomp over it. My legs just don't have the dexterity to do it. Sure, I try. I want to do it. Mm. I can never do it. I, I really appreciated watching. I was like, oh, look at him breaking down Sergio Pettis. He's gonna have one arm in a minute. Sure. And he did. And then I thought he was going to get tapped with a one-arm rear naked choke, which would have been insane. And I would have, we would have had, you know, unanimous favorite finishes, probably. Mix is a very special MMA grappler. So, I, you know, MMA grappling is, of course, different than grappling grappling. But, like, I mean, he mixes the knees and all this stuff, like, which most people don't think to throw the knees in there. Mm-hmm. Like, if you've got a good spot and you can hold it and, and you're not going to get, you know, reversed or anything like that, 
throw those knees. I mean, they can be so devastating. You can't throw them to the head, but you can throw them to the body. You should you be able to throw them. them to the head. You should be able to throw them to the head, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, that was my that was easily my favorite finish. I thought that was terrific. That was that was At, a, and a, and a weekend one. full of some. Not every finish was amazing. Some of them, some maybe less so, but a lot of these were pretty solid finishes. This was easily my. If best. he dropped his draws, I might we might have been <laughs> unanimous. <laughs> Glad he didn't. Oh man. Um, but I, I'm very excited to see what's next for him. Look, for for apropos of nothing, he is definitely the best 135 pounder on either the Bellator or PFL rosters, since PFL basically doesn't have a bantamweight roster. Exactly where why someone should come in and say you can fight wherever you want. It don't matter. Do whatever you want. Well, I guess we'll see. Um, uh, no, we won't. He's going wherever Bellator goes. Uh, that's it. That's it for the weekend. We gotta look ahead to the next weekend. Which hey. We mentioned it already. PFL. Mm-hmm. There's no UFC. There's no Bellator. There's PFL. Mm-hmm. Their world championship event, which, by the way, is a pay-per-view. Don't forget that. It is a pay-per-view. I know I, know I said a last pay-per-view. year. I, I enjoyed going live to it last year when it was in New York City. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I think this is probably a pay-per-view I would pay for. Um, well, let's ask. Let, let's we'll we'll talk about these fights, and then yeah. you know we'll, we'll go over the fights. We're not going to go crazy on it, but then then at the end, you can tell us whether you see this as as a uh, an event that deserves your hard earned cash. Which I don't know the price, of. maybe you can look up for us. Well, that's what's um, going to determine it. But it is Black Friday, eight p.m. Eastern time. Main cards start. Not all of the fights are on pay per view, though. There is one of the championship fights. They have six championship fights, of course. One of the championship fights, uh, Jesus Pinedo versus Gabriel Alves Braga is for the featherweight championship for this season. That is on the prelims. It's the featured prelims. So you okay. actually get one of these without having to pay for it. And it's 45. Maybe it'll be a solid fight. You know, it probably will like be. the 45ers. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they're uh, disrespecting them. The main card, though. 265 is what should be on the prelims. Here's the whole main card, man. Okay. I'm just going to run it down real quick, and you can highlight what you want. Uh, Olivia Abram Mercier against Clay Collard at 155. Excited for that. Again, this is, I'll tell you if it's not a championship fight. Assume it is. Uh, Henan Fajera, Henan Fajera against uh, Dennis Goldsov. That is at heavyweight. Ended in five minutes. I'll be happy. That's right. You know the rules. I don't make them. Actually, I did. Larissa Pacheco against Marina Matnatkina for the 145 women's title. Okay. <laughs> You're acknowledging it's a thing. Uh, hey, Got to be excited if Pacheco goes out there and just well, smashes, Pacheco, right? Pacheco's great. She's impressive. I mean, it, she's very uh, impressive. Now, when I say okay, I just assume Pacheco's getting a million. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, Magomed Magomed Karimov. He's got double Magomeds in it. You got to assume he's the favorite. Um, but he's going against Sadabusi, who won last year yeah. at 170. Defending champ. Yep. Um, interest you. This fight. Yeah, I like Sadabu C, actually. I know he can be boring. He like, has been boring, but until this year, he's actually been yeah. very interesting. He's, he's finally getting those finishes. Um, who knows what the difference is there? But uh, Joshua Vera against Impa Kasanganai at 205 pounds. I'm interested in this because it, he was a, a contender series guy. Then he earned his shot through basically PFL's contender series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was talking to and... him. I, I talked to him just the other day, right? Okay. And uh, so he was on... Dana White Contender Series two times, if you recall. Yeah. And then he fought on PFL Challenger Series. So mm-hmm. three of his career fights have been on two of the top promotions, essentially prospect series, right? I don't know if, it's, mm-hmm. if they call them prospects because at this point, 
He's also and Bukasanganai is not a prospect anymore. He's also on. He's the, still new in the fight game though. He's, he's he only, really is. Did yeah. you know he turned pro in 2019? By the way, I didn't know that. He's only in his fifth year. He is on the wrong side of a highlight that is now part of the uh, Bob O'Reilly montage it, that it, they play. It's going to be there forever. And yeah. I think he seems to have come to terms with that. He's like, oh, you know okay. what? That's fine. If, it, you know, if I win the millions, whatever, play that. That's okay. Yeah. I think he's very okay with that. He, he he's would be quite a story. I enjoyed speaking with him. He's he's interesting. He's an interesting guy. Um, but yeah, that that's at two hundred five. It is crazy though. He was down to one seventy. He was fighting at one seventy, mm-hmm. and then they you know they got they approached him about PFL. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, we don't have a middleweight, and he's like, well, I can't hit one seventy consistently for a full season. So it was like, all right, let's go to two hundred five. So yeah, let's eat steak. He 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 basically just goes for a run. He says, and and then he makes weight, which means he that's probably, like literally it. He probably should have been at eighty five. He walks at two ten. Well, that's the thing; they don't have it. They don't have it, so that's the problem exactly. Which is weird. What they should do is they should have and and PFL. And I'm gonna beat this drum until they listen. One sixty five, one seventy five, one ninety five. Do all the off brand weight classes that are official. Make it your own thing. Mm -hmm. You can tout yourself as having the greatest fighters in the world in that weight class because you don't see them in the UFC. And most people don't pay attention anywhere else. So mm-hmm. why not just do it? I'm am, am I crazy? Taking crazy pills. Am I nuts here? Like this, I don't think this is dumb. Whatever. It, it, that's what it should be. I don't know. Um, so yeah, those are all the title fights. There are also on the pay-per-view two fights that aren't for titles. Kayla Harrison finally fighting again. We haven't seen her all year. Um, I don't know why she's well, been on she's the Well, she's on the pay-per-view division, and obviously there hasn't true. been a that, pay-per-view that true. Right. until now. That you answered my own question. Um, She's fighting as Aspen Ladd. This is a catch weight of 150 pounds. She has to be ecstatic, Aspen <laughs> Ladd. Has to be absolutely ecstatic. It'd be the easiest cut of her life. That's true. Oh, my God. Um, But yeah, she's actually stepping in. If you remember, it was supposed to be her and Julia Budd. Julia Budd, Julia yeah. Budd was removed for... Some I'm I'm gonna paraphrase the the PFL quote failing to meet her contractual requirements and then she was let go from the promotion. This is a Nick Diaz BJ Penn. Thing. It's a very weird thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels a lot like that, right? There's some weird stuff happening with PFL lately with some of these just weird decisions. They let they finally let uh um Hash Manfio go after the whole fiasco of rightfully so. I mean, Jesus. I mean, let the guy go somewhere else. But I mean, I know that was a weird fight, but. I don't know. I didn't love that. That was your fault. You you made that happen. I did? No. I'm oh. talking about PFL. Yeah. PFL shouldn't have done that. Big, big problem. The other fight on pay-per-view is Ray Cooper the Third, who also we He's have back. not seen. He's going up. He's going up to 185 to face the guy who basically got out of the UFC so he could go do other things, and this being one of them, Derek Brunson. All right. And what weight class are they fighting at? 85. 85, which didn't really exist, but now it does, apparently. It's I don't know so what's crazy. going on. We're going to find I out hope... a lot about PFL's future, I imagine, very soon. Maybe even as soon as this week. I hope. And I'm curious to see what's going to come. I hope they the call this a catchweight fight <laughs> at 185. <laughs> a, special, a special contract yeah. weight 185. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they do the same thing when it's 175. That's a real division, yeah. too. So I, I always thought that was stupid. Whatever. Uh, I still want my title unification bout between uh, I forget, who who is it? Is it, it's Elvis Brenner against uh, I don't know who the other sixty five. No, be. I, who who did I say? It was uh, the Hawaiian the Hawaiian fighter used to be in the UFC. He is now with Bellator. Why am I Yancy Medeiros? Yancy Medeiros. That's it. That's it. Tip of my tongue. So yeah, make that fight. 
Got to do the unification bout for the, the official 165-pound champion. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, throw that on pay-per-view. So what do you think of this? This is in D.C., by the way. The judges. See, I, I got a question about D.C. DC. Yeah, yeah. D.C. has their own commission? I believe so. That's what I'm at. I don't know. That's how my understanding. But it's, a, I, it's I, not I, a federal commission. Off the top of my head. Like, no, no. DC's no, D.C. has it, is its – they have government as well. I, yeah, I know. Um, but you they have would local think, government. You would think. Like, I mean – they got a local government. I believe and a federal. Government. I believe Joe Biden actually oversees this. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask. It's is, like it's like the only thing he's doing anymore. He is DC actually focused on mayor? who's going to get assigned to judge the fights at PFL World Championship. That's what I was asking. That's his main focus right now. DC has a mayor, I suppose. Yes, it's a city. But the well, the president's not the mayor. Washington is the city. DC is the district of yeah, Columbia. Whatever. Anyway. Like um, I didn't I didn't know if like Maryland or Virginia or whatever. Well, that's the whole point. They're not. That's the whole point of district why are we getting on this? No, that's I so understand I understand <laughs> no, I understand that they're their own entity. Uh-huh. But I didn't know if they were merged with a state or if they actually had a commission. I imagine they self-operate. I okay. don't I don't know the intricacies of the District of Columbia when they have fights, but I'm pretty okay. sure and it's not the first time they've ever had fights. They've had, you know, they've had UFCs there and stuff too, so. Um I can only assume Wait, that they have their own athletic commission. Do they score unfinished rounds? I should know unfinishes. this. I admit that I should know this, but I don't off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Who will they bring in a judge? I don't know. Hopefully they'll bring in top judges. Okay. We'll see about that. Because, oh my gosh, if we're talking about a crazy controversy because the wrong person won the million dollars, oh boy. Oh, that That's going to be a show not to miss, my friends. Oh boy. So will you watch this paper? Are you going to buy this pay-per-view? I don't know. Did you look up the price? Honestly, I didn't look up the price. I asked you to look up the price. What are you doing? I no, I thought you meant. All right, we're like, gonna pause the show for another hour. No, no, Dan's no, gonna look no, at the no. price. PFL 2023 Championship PPV. Yeah, what what do we got? How much we paying? How much you paying? It is um pulling it up right now. Mm-hmm. Ninety four million dollar. I want to say it's probably like thirty five bucks. My guess is fifty. I'm gonna guess forty nine ninety nine. Um. Well, oh, it's sending me straight to ESPN. Okay, that's as it would, sure. Um, Part of their there is no price on here. Oh, I guess so, we'll find out. That's good. Guess that we'll is, see. Guess I'll, I'll find out. Uh, Let's see what everyone's waiting to pony up to to watch uh, OIM and Clay Collard, which is a good fight. I am, I am. I put it this way: I I'm gonna yeah. guess it's fifty dollars. Would you pay fifty dollars? Eh, probably. Okay. Maybe. All right. We'll see. Fair enough. All right, we'll be back again on Monday. Yeah, to break down the championship bouts from PFL and all the hopefully uh, no robberies, craziness. You know, one eighty-five, one sixty-five, whatever, one fifty. I don't know what I'm talking what you, about. What are you talking about? Weight classes. You should go to sleep. That's not even a word. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Take care, y'all. Thank you.